Attention riders, as a result of the current state of fandom, we need to unite against the fury infecting our community. Fans must never attempt to police the enjoyment of others. If someone loves what we love, celebrate with them. If someone loves something we don't, let them be. No one has a right to tell others how to feel about any book, movie, album, or artist. We shouldn't have to defend others, but we cannot tolerate this hate among our own. Fandom should celebrate what we love, and never tear down what others love. Build each other up, and always have the fun. Mount up and activate Project Shadow. Hello everybody and welcome to Project Shadow, and from that introduction I bet you can guess what we're going to be talking about today. At least if you're involved in fandom communities online. Especially if you're involved in Star Wars fandom. Hi, my name's Charlie. You might know me better as sci-fi fantasy writer C.E. Dorset, and I I have taken some time off. Not from writing. I've actually been writing a lot. I've got one book in the hopper. I've got another book that I'm working on right now and like series for days. I, I've taken a break from doing these podcasts because I don't know how to talk to fandom anymore. I don't recognize myself in fandom anymore. And it really hurts me. One of the main reasons why I'm doing this podcast now is I'm on my way in a couple weeks to go to Shore Leave in Maryland. So if you're in the Maryland area and you want to check me out, we'll be at Shore Leave. It's going to be fun. Ming-Na Wen is going to be there. So is William Shatner. Not looking forward to that. I was actually kind of excited because the one year I missed shore leave was the year that William Shatner was there. And I was like, good, then I don't have to worry about being in the same place as that man. But he's going to be there. So we'll see. There's They got a lot of other people. It's going to be fun. At least I hope it's going to be fun. Well, I know it's going to be fun because I get to hang out with my shipmates, which I don't get to do that often I'm a member of the USS Serling. Yeah. Well, we need to talk about what's going on with Star Wars right now. And in so many ways, it's a microcosm of what's been going on in fandom for quite some time. And it's frustrating. You can actually watch this build if you go back through this podcast through time because you can see when it starts because I start doing a lot of episodes about can't we all just get along and what is wrong with people and why are people yelling at each other and why can't some people enjoy something that other people don't and it, you can watch it ramp up as time goes on because well been a part of fandom since I was 10 and I'm in my 40s now but recently recently it's just been getting horrible I mean poor Kelly Marie Tran who if you don't know played Rose Tycho in The Last Jedi got bullied off Instagram because people didn't like her character 
And what in the world is wrong with people? It's not her fault if you don't like her character. It may be your fault. It may be Ryan Johnson's fault for the writing or the directing. I, it could be a lot of things, but it's not the poor actor's fault. I don't like James T. Kirk. That's why I actually brought up William Shatner. I don't like James T. Kirk, and that's not William Shatner's fault. I mean, William Shatner, especially in the original series, was a passable actor. But I've never liked the way that he was written. He's too sure of himself. He's way too sure of himself for what I feel a Starfleet captain should be. He's too prone to violence. And I know that's because I grew up with Star Trek, and by the time I really got into it, the next generation and the movies were happening. But to me, Spock is the exemplar on the original series of what Starfleet is supposed to be all about. And Kirk, Kirk is that last atavistic tendency of humanity trying to fight against the compassion that was built into society by the Federation. And we see it come out in him from time to time, where he is a very good guy, but very often he's the one that has to be counseled into ramping down. But I don't blame William Shatner for any of that. That's the way his character was written, and there are dozens of writers that wrote him that way. It would be foolish, I mean, just absolutely foolish for me as a fan of Star Trek, to blame him. Because we got him recast. Christopher Pike played it. No, Christopher Pike. <laughs> Chris Pine played him in the movies. And I still didn't like Captain Kirk. And it's not Chris Pine's fault. I mean, he's a passable actor in his own right. And I've seen some movies with him in it that were okay. But it's the character. <laughs> the character is just a character I'm not going to resonate with. Does that mean I'm going to get, you know, throw my arms up in the air and scream every time Captain Kirk or any version of Kirk is on the air? No. Kirk is a part of Star Trek. I love Star Trek and I just kind of grip my teeth and bear it. You might know that I'm one of those people that I have a daily diet of Star Trek. I watch one episode of Star Trek every day before I go to bed. It's part of my wind down. It's something that I absolutely love. And so every day I watch an episode of Star Trek and I can wind my way through the series. And I actually skipped Discovery this year in the rewatch. And that was mainly because they haven't made it accessible elsewhere and I wasn't going to repay for a CBS All Access pass until season two comes out. But, you know, I just finished Enterprise. It's not a bad series. Not a great series. Not a bad series. It has one of my favorite Star Trek characters of all time in it. You know, Phlox. I love Phlox. Absolutely love Phlox. I kind of want more Denobulan characters. I think that they would be fascinating. They're kind of my second favorite race after the Vulcans. They actually beat out Klingons, which was amazing to me, because Klingons were my second favorite. But it's time for the original series, and so I'm watching through the original series. And I love Uhura, and I love Sulu, and I love Spock, and I love Bones, and Scotty, and everybody else. And 
I don't really like Captain Kirk. But I'm still watching it. Because that's how I get my other characters. And I'm, again, like I said, I am not blaming William Shatner. It's not William Shatner's fault. Two different actors played the same character, didn't like either one of them. So why blame poor Kelly Marie Tran for her portrayal of Rose Tycho? I actually liked Rose Tycho, and this is where I guess I get to be flamed in this eternal conflagration that has what fandom is now. I actually liked The Last Jedi. The Last Jedi is fighting into my top slots as far as movies go. I think it was very well written. I think it was the movie that I wanted. I felt like it returned Star Wars back to its roots. It felt much more like an, a Jedi Gekai, Jedi Geki film. And I loved that about it. Luke Skywalker was much more the old samurai in the same way Obi-Wan Kenobi was. And I like that. And it gets me excited to see what they're going to do next. But that's not the point. I'm not here to argue that you have to love The Last Jedi because I loved The Last Jedi. Honestly, I don't care. <laughs> and that's the point of this entire episode is why do we care so much? Why does this matter? Just because I like something and you didn't doesn't make me the devil. And vice versa, just because you like something and I don't doesn't make you the devil. Why have we gotten so thin-skinned and weak in our own opinions that if someone dares to disagree with us, we have to attack them? It immediately goes into a flame war. Why? What is the point of that? I got involved in fandom when I was 10 because it was a whole bunch of people with very different opinions and very different lives to me, but we shared things in common. We loved certain things. It didn't matter if, like me, you didn't like Captain Kirk because we still loved Star Trek together. It didn't matter if, like me, you thought that Empire Strikes Back was a great movie, but Return of the Jedi was better. And I do. I think Return of the Jedi is my favorite Star Wars movie. Flame me for that if you want to. But it, back in the day, it didn't matter. And I'm not saying that we used to have some golden age. There was some BS that rose up in the day. The whole Kirk and Picard crap. Which, again, doesn't matter because I don't like Kirk. Picard's not my favorite captain, though. He's not by a long shot. If I want to be cheeky when I answer that question, I always say it's Sulu, because Sulu, I mean, I love George Takei, and I love the character of Sulu, and he is technically a captain, and he has appeared as a captain on the TV series, so, and in the movies, so, you know, that that's my cheeky answer. But Captain Sisko is actually my favorite captain, though Deep Space Nine is not my favorite Star Trek series, but I can hold different thoughts in my head at the same time i, I if, if you think kirk is the greatest yay good on you if you think janeway yay if you think it's captain archer i would like to talk to you because i've never met anyone who says captain archer and i would love to know your reasons because 
I'm just fascinated by that because, like I said, I've just I've never met anyone who thought that Captain Archer was the best captain on Star Trek. But the vitriol, at least in the circles that I ran in, weren't there. It was kind of a jokey spat. It was kind of like if you were a Star Trek fan or a Star Wars fan. Yeah, there was some back and forth, but at least in the circles I ran in, it was all fun and games because deep down inside, we knew that we both loved both series. It was just which did we love more. And then you start adding everything else in, like me, I love the Aliens movies. Talk about having a painful relationship with a franchise. <laughs> but that's my point. I don't have to stop loving the Alien movies. Because I love the first one. The first one was good. The second one is brilliant. I mean, Aliens is a masterpiece. Alien 3 is not the best. I actually like Alien 4. I know that's controversial. A lot of people don't like it. I hated Prometheus. I hated Prometheus. Prometheus was just terrible. And Alien Covenant... Well, I didn't need it. I didn't ask for it. It's not that good of a movie. I don't think it actually sums up the Prometheus plotline all that well. Though it does continue from it, kinda. I don't think it tells me what I wanted to know about the series. I don't think it's a valuable prequel because you can't really say that David created the Xenomorphs because... On the planet, when David finds the black goo, there's a mural of the xenomorphs. So he didn't create them. They existed before. So its plotline, I guess, where it's trying to say that David created them, doesn't really make sense within its own storyline. And I could go on for a very, very long time. Weird note, I own Alien Covenant. Because it's an alien movie, and there are times when I just want to see Xenomorphs attack things. There are. I watch Alien 3 from time to time. It's not my favorite movie. I don't really get too excited about it, but there are times when I just want to have aliens on in the background. And so I start with the first one and just keep playing through so they're on in the background and, you know, have fun with it. Because... It's fun to make fun of how bad that movie is and to think about how much worse it would have been if it actually took place on a wooden spaceship. You know that, right? It was supposed to take place on a wooden space station. A wooden space station. Yeah. A space station made out of wood with monks in it. Oh, that would have been something now, wouldn't it? But I like thinking about Waylon yutani and what they're after and what they're doing and while I didn't like Prometheus, I thought it was an interesting foray into starting to give Waylon Yutani a little bit more of a backstory, which they don't have in the other movies. But you want to talk about a painful history with a franchise. As somebody who, if you ask anybody that knows me, I love the Alien movies. I love the Alien movies. I've got all kinds of Xenomorph and Ripley stuff in my office and, you know, t-shirts and whatnot. And I love those movies. But if you want to be honest, the last good one, really, really good one, came out in 1986. 1986! And we've had 
four movies come out since then. Six if you count the Alien vs. Predator movies. Wow, that's a lot of bad movies. Does that destroy the franchise for me? No, because Alien 1 is brilliant and Alien 2 is a... Aliens is a masterpiece. And the other ones have their passable moments, and I watch them for that. Because I love the franchise. And I'm not saying that if you hated The Last Jedi, or if you hated Solo, that you have to watch them over and over and over again. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying... You just you get what you get. <laughs> you know, these companies... People are taking a line out of context from Kathleen Kennedy where she said that she felt that the only person, you know, the only people she really owed anything to was Disney. And she's right. You can get as hurt about that as you want to be, but you're taking that out of context because they were asking her, you know, how do you get through your day? And Think about how daunting it would be if you had to sit back and go, what are millions and millions and millions of people going to love? That's crazy. So what you do is you think to yourself, what's the best movie we can make? And that will make money for the company that I work for. Because it's about making money. It's... (laughs) That's what this is all about. That's why we got all the Michael Bay Transformers movies. And as a Transformers fan, do you think I'm thrilled by the Michael Bay movies? No. Do I own them? Yes, because I like watching giant robots fight. I got a weakness, okay? (laughs) But it's not because they're great movies. Age of Extinction is not a great movie. But Optimus Prime riding a fire-breathing T-Rex... I, I'm down for that sometimes because sometimes I just want to turn my brain off and watch a stupid movie. Do I wish that they were better films? Yes, I wish they were better films. I hope that Bumblebee and the movies that come after it will be a lot better. But that doesn't stop me from loving what I have and holding on to what I have. It doesn't. And that's kind of what I want to ask is, why is that not the same when it comes to Star Wars? And I think it's because Star Wars fans love themselves in some weird sense of, not entitlement, but security. That's all I can figure. And I don't know where it comes from, because... A lot of people didn't like the prequels. Some people did. I'm one of those people that I don't think they're the greatest films, but I do enjoy them. I love the Clone Wars, which is in the prequels era. So, there you go. But the prequel trilogy upset a lot of fans. And so after Phantom Menace, did they go, oh, that upset some people. Even though not as many people as today say they were upset back then, because if you actually go back and look, reviews used to be a lot better for it, and they were retroactively changed as the zeitgeist changed about the movie. There's a whole thing about that if you actually look into it. No, they made Attack of the Clones. And say whatever you will about Attack of the Clones, they made it, and it made a lot of money. 
You can talk about the quality. You can talk about whether it's good, whether it should have been made. It made a lot of money. Did they care that some fans didn't like it? Well, what does it mean that fans didn't like it? They went to see it. They paid money for it. So it made money. Did they stop? No, they made Revenge of the Sith. And again, say what you will about Revenge of the Sith. I remember going to see it like I have all of these films on its opening night. And there it was, a full packed theater. It made a bunch of money. And to be honest, to the studio, that's all they care about. And so I know people think that they're being brave and bold by saying that they're going to boycott Star Wars. And I know a lot of people are being brave and bold and saying, look how much we hurt Solo. Boycotts don't work. <laughs> and I say this as a liberal activist, okay? Boycotts don't work. They don't. There was a boycott against Disney. Disney did just fine. There was a boycott against Disney World and Disneyland because they allowed gay people to go there. Mm. Disneyland and Disney World are doing just fine. Most boycotts fail. They do. I know we don't like to think about that because we like to think that we have power because we live in this wonderful lie that we vote with our dollars. And so if we don't give our dollars to something, then that will hurt them and the companies will change their way. ways. And sometimes it does. But almost every gay person I know refuses to eat at a Chick-fil-A. You know? I refuse to eat at a Chick-fil-A. You know, that's really easy for me because where I live, there are no Chick-fil-A's. I've lived in places where there weren't Chick-fil-A's. And you know what happened then? I didn't eat at them either. But this was before the controversy because I didn't like Chick-fil-A. Tried it once, didn't like it, didn't go back. Me boycotting Chick-fil-A does nothing to them. And in fact, boycotts often have the exact opposite effect where you announce that you're boycotting a thing and people that like it Make sure that they go there. Now, I have a conspiracy theory about Solo. And if you have been paying attention to me for quite some time, I've mentioned this here, there, and yonder randomly. I should have done an episode about it back before Solo came out. Because then I could point back to it and go, see, look, I'm right. But I didn't. I don't think I did may have mentioned it in an earlier podcast. And if I did, you know which one that is, point it out to me. I would love to know so I can do that. But you know, I've mentioned this a couple times to quite a few people. I don't think Solo was ever supposed to be huge. I don't. I think Solo was meant to flop. I think it was planned from the beginning not to be a commercial success. And you may think that that's crazy, but I think this is how Disney works. I really do. Okay, so follow me on this. I think this was the plan for Guardians of the Galaxy. And I think it failed miserably. Guardians of the Galaxy was a bunch of characters nobody ever heard of before. Let's be honest. You can say you're a Guardians of the Galaxy fan. But given the sales of Guardians of the Galaxy comics prior to that movie's release, 
<sighs> okay. <laughs> Maybe. I'm not going to call you a liar, but I am going to ask for receipts. Because Guardians of the Galaxy wasn't a huge property. And they had a problem on their hands. They were making money hand over fist, and the movies were doing good, and each movie was doing better than the one before it, and they were really, really hitting it out the ballpark. And Marvel has a problem, and that is that the entire industry is based on perception. And so they made Guardians of the Galaxy, which was a movie that could safely flop, and they could go, oh my, look what we did there. My bad. And then get back to business with what they were doing, and the other movies would do really well and the expectations got reset that didn't happen with guardians because guardians of the galaxy was accidentally successful and i believe that's why we got ant-man i think ant-man is the backup for that and if you actually look at the uh, ticket sales for ant-man i don't know how ant-man and the wasp is going to do but ant-man did not go over very well it wasn't a huge movie but it did something very important almost more important than the movies that opened big it brought down expectation because now there's a range. Marvel movies do a range at box office open. And because of that range, it's easier for them to see something as a success. Because if you're constantly judged by the film that came out previously and the films are doing better and better and better and better and better and better and better, and better oops, you're in trouble now. Because eventually you're going to hit a ceiling. And I've always felt that Solo was meant to bring that cap down. It was the Ant-Man of Star Wars. Because, let's be honest, nobody wanted a Solo movie. It's the thing we always say about these things, right? Who wanted a Solo movie? Who asked for a Han Solo movie? Nobody asked for a Han Solo movie. Nobody. Especially a Han Solo movie that recasts... Han Solo. I mean, I'm not a fan of Harrison Ford, though I do like Indiana Jones, but I never liked Han Solo. As anybody knows me and my Star Wars fandom, Han Solo was always right down at the bottom of my list as far as characters that I liked because I thought people didn't know Han Solo. And it's one of the things that I liked about the movie is it showed Han Solo for what he was. He's a bumbling idiot who keeps lucking his way in to victory and would have died a thousand times if it wasn't for Chewbacca and other people protecting him. Han Solo is not the hero people think he is. And that's one of the things that I actually enjoyed about the Han Solo movie, the Solo movie. It showed that Han Solo. But I don't think it was ever meant to do well. I don't. And to say that it didn't do well, I think, is understating everything, because nothing really did well. It was the number one movie when it came out. Not a lot of people went to the movies that weekend. And there were a lot of big sporting events that helped depress the box office, and we can talk about that, and we can talk about box office trends and whatnot, and I'm not trying to be an apologist for that movie, because it was okay. <laughs> You know, I'm not like, rah, rah, it was a great movie. Why didn't more people watch it? It was what it was. And I think it did what it was meant to do. Some people went out and saw it. But now, when episode nine comes out, everything's been reset. And whatever it does, 
it does okay. I really do think that Solo was a sacrificial film. And you may think that that's not, not right, but I really have a feeling that that's how things work. I think that that's why movie companies like Pixar release movies like The Good Dinosaur. Because if you hit it out of the park every time, then you get graded on that curve. Well, not every film can be groundbreaking. Not every film can break box office records. So every now and then you have to release a Cars 2, which was commercially successful for them, but not great and didn't really get the reviews that it wanted. But I know of kids that liked it. And that's, of course, the real target market because it sold toys. But it reset everything. And The Good Dinosaur did that. And so that's the point. You release, they're not bad movies. I've often said this if The Good Dinosaur was a DreamWorks movie or if it was an Illumination movie, we would be talking about how good that movie is because it's a solid film. But it's a Pixar movie. And Pixar movies are meant to make you laugh, make you cry, and change your life in some way. I can't tell you how many Pixar things I have around my house. Love Pixar. But this is something that Disney figured out. This is something that Pixar figured out. This is something that they've been doing with the Pixar films. This is something that they've been doing with the Marvel movies. And now it's something that they're doing with Star Wars. And it's confusing people. And it's one of those things, it's hard to talk about how bad Star Wars is when it achieves so much critical acclaim. And that's why there's a difference there. People didn't expect a well-written Star Wars movie. And I can go through all the things that I think made people not like that film, but that's not what this episode of the podcast is. The point that I'm trying to say is, you have to look at these franchises that we love as companies. They're products. That product doesn't care about you. It will never care about you. It will pay you lip service. It will give you a YouTube show, maybe even a YouTube channel, and put out podcasts. But I can tell you from experience, they don't care. They, all they care about is that they're making money. That's all they care about. And you can pretend that your boycotts or whatever will help, but in the grand scheme of things, they rarely, if ever, do. And that's life. But the other thing that's life is you cannot, you cannot allow yourself to tolerate or on your own part to attack people who like things that you don't. Or to attack actors that were in something you didn't like. That's insane. I love the Planet of the Apes movies, the original Planet of the Apes movies. I'm not writing hate mail to people that have been in any of the follow-ups. Which, by the way, I think they've actually gotten better over time. But you go back to that first one of the reboot franchise. Oh my goodness, it's terrible. But uh, I'm not writing hate mail. Why? Because they are what they are. And that's all that they'll ever be. Because, to be honest, you don't want what they think you want. If you want to know what a corporation thinks fans want, hunt down a copy of the Star Wars Christmas special. You may think I'm kidding, but that never would have been made if it wasn't for the fact that that's what they thought that people wanted. 
It's some weird sci-fi animation starring Boba Fett, which is actually kind of cool. Some weird stuff about Chewie and Han and Life Day. This is strange. There's the weird porn machine that Chewie's dad's kind of addicted to. You think I'm kidding? Go watch the Star Wars Christmas special. It's weird. There's the cross-dressing Julia Child segment. Honestly, they thought that this was... They're singing B. Arthur. <laughs> because, of course, who doesn't want to see that? And why wouldn't they expect people want to want to see that? Variety shows were huge that year, and in the years before, and even after that. Variety shows were really big, so of course they did a variety show. And all of these actors were big at the time. Harvey Corman was a huge actor at the time. Comedian that people loved. So having him dress in alien lady drag to do a cooking show that Chewbacca's mom would be watching as she's trying to put together life day dinner. Well, that's going to be funny, right? Because everybody loves the Julia Child skits from Saturday Night Live. Right? Trust me when I say you don't want them to try to make you happy. You may think you want them to try to make you happy, but go back and watch the Star Wars Christmas special and say, thank God they're not trying to make me happy. <laughs> right? Look at Star Trek Enterprise. It's not a bad show, but, oh wait, everything on TV has a theme song with lyrics so that's what's wrong with star trek we need to have a theme song with lyrics and i feel sorry for diane king and everyone involved in the making of faith of the heart because it's not a terrible song even though every season has a different version of it at the beginning of it because you know the theme song just isn't right yet so we got to tweak it and tweak it and tweak it and try to make it better because the theme better theme songs really what people want and the show will be successful if we just had a better theme song. Oh my. Oh, and shows on TV are sexier now. So we're going to make it sexier. So we're going to have a decon chamber where half-naked officers have to rub lotion all over themselves. All scantily clad because people like sexy. This is the sexy Star Trek because that's what people like right now. And so, yeah, that's in there. Yeah, a Vulcan in panties and bra. Yeah, that's exactly what I wanted. Oh, yeah, and people are into stories that stretch across seasons now. So let's not only do that, but let's go beyond and try to mimic Babylon 5 and have a story that runs the entire season. So let's, I don't know, what's the most sci-fi thing we could do? A temporal cold war. Yeah. See, we can do all kinds of things with that. We can have people do stories in the present, in the future, in the past. We can do all kinds of crazy stuff with that, and that's what people like, right? Right? Yeah. You want to see what it looks like when they try to pander? Watch Star Trek Enterprise. We got Flox out of it, so I'm not hateful for the series, because, like I said, Flox is one of my favorite characters, but, yeah. Trust me, you don't want them to try to make you happy. You don't. Have an opinion. Have your opinion. Have it as strongly and as vibrantly as you feel 
appropriate. But please, people, please stop attacking other people for having a different opinion. Please. Everyone is entitled to their own opinion. Everyone. And don't attack these actors. It's not their fault whether you liked their character or didn't like their character. It's not their fault. There's a writer, a director, a producer, costume designers, makeup artists. There's so much that goes into making a character for one of these franchises. We can get through this. <laughs> we can. But we need to be honest with each other. And that's not going to be easy. So, thank you for listening. I'm going to try to put these out a bit more regularly now. I'm putting these out on Anchor, which if you're not familiar with it, that's on Anchor FM, anchor.fm. If you go there, you can download the app really, really easy. Follow me, Project Shadow. Over there, one of the really cool things that they offer is that you can actually be a part of the show. There's a little call-in button. You click that, and you can send me a message, a voice message, up to, I think, two minutes in length, I believe, and we can have a talk. And the really cool thing is, if you say something that I think would really be fun for the show, we could set up and do an interview with each other, each other and talk to each other and actually have a conversation. So drop me your opinion over there. Hit me up on Twitter. I'm C.E. Dorset on Twitter. This podcast should be everywhere that good podcasts can be found. If you would like to hear more of this kind of thing, as well as more of the fiction that I write, you can hit me up on Patreon. Just a dollar a month really, really would help, especially with everything we're trying to do <laughs> right now. Um, that's at patreon.com slash cedorset. Thank you so much for your time. And remember, have the fun. That's what this whole thing's supposed to be about anyway. <laughs>